I'm Chef Pete Gagan from Cargill, and we're in the kitchen with Sterling Silver Premium Meats. It's a podcast where we'll be serving up insights and perspectives for chefs and food service professionals. And of course, we'll be digging into the world of premium beef, because even with over 30 years of culinary experience, I still have an appetite for learning more. I hope you're hungry too. This is part two of a two-part episode. If you missed the first part, be sure to go back and enjoy part one. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. Welcome back to In the Kitchen with Sterling Silver. Today, we're resuming our conversation with Chef Janet Bourbon. As a reminder, Chef Janet is a senior research chef at Cargill, has a wealth of culinary experience, and offers a really unique perspective of the industry. Let's get back to it. So you've worked in many different areas in in your career and small restaurants, hotels, even corporations. Tell us a little bit about some of the key differences between the three. Let's see. In a small family-owned independent restaurant, I think you get to do, at least in my case, you get to do a little bit of everything because there are always going to be those times when the dishwasher doesn't show or the pastry chef walks out in the middle of service, or things like that. So you are forced to step in and take over someone else's position. Part of it is just there are less people in a small independent restaurant than there are in a hotel. In a hotel, I found that I was mostly just doing my job. I didn't have to step in and take over anyone else's. I had a little more exposure to uh, the rich and the famous when I worked in hotels. I made quail consomme for Queen Elizabeth, and I cooked breakfast for Prince Philip and watched appalled as Mel Gibson stumbled into the kitchen because he thought it was the men's room. (laughs) So you get... uh, kind of a diversity of experiences in a hotel. And then for a corporation, to me, a corporation is almost like a hotel on steroids. Um, It is very big. There is more, call it bureaucracy, for lack of a better word. And when you work for a corporation, you have to be very aware that you are always kind of that company's ambassador, no matter Mm -hmm. who the company is. Um, There are practical differences as well, mostly having to do with compensation and benefits. Yeah, that makes sense. Much uh, larger business and, you know, there's uh, probably a lot more going down at the end of the day and your responsibility is greater in certain ways than it is maybe working a line somewhere. But again, it's like being at a hotel on steroids because hotels are big, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, you got your banquet team and you typically have a large staff, but then you're still dealing with other parts of that overall hotel that maybe aren't in the kitchens, but same thing, right? At the corporation, <laughs> it's people that are not oh, touching huge. food at all, but are running that. So, yeah. Well, let's move on to advice. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I mean, we've been in these this industry for a long time. And there's a lot of people that are just starting to get into this industry. So let's let's talk about what kind of advice 
you might give to someone who's, uh, you know, younger out there or maybe maybe changing careers? What would you say to them so they can get the most out of this? I am a huge advocate of moving around. If this is the line of work that you want to go into, you know, think in terms of two to three years in one particular venue and then look for a different experience for that reason, because it's about different experiences. And well, Chef Andre did it like this, but now I'm here and I'm with Chef Amy and she's got a completely new way of doing that same thing. Or the cuisine is completely different. I think that that adds value to you as a person, as an employee. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece of it. The rest of it is very, I don't want to call it cliche, but but it's kind of obvious, and it is. Listen, pay attention, be a sponge, just soak up everything you can, do your best work. And this sounds like a cliche, but try not to be too much of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we've all been there, right? With either coworkers or worse, bosses that were just so difficult. Now that in and of itself is a learning experience too. But sure. I have more than one boss in my past that was incredibly useful because I knew whatever happened, I did not want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think, honestly, it it is. Do your best work, pay attention, be endlessly curious, and try to be a decent person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes, right, Janet? But your advice there of the whole moving around piece and being a sponge, just taking it all in, when you really get down to it, that well-rounded cook slash chef out there, you know, if, if you're in the same kitchen all your life, you're just making the same food over and over again. Uh, you're an expert at that. And that's probably about all you're an expert at. I like well-rounded because I think that's what a diversity of experience brings. And diversity of experience, I think, brings diversity of thought. So exactly. And that makes any business better. And, you know, when you're moving around, there's probably some jobs you're going to take and you go, wow, actually, I wish I stayed at my last job or so forth. But there's still a learning experience there that you can get, right? So we learn from the good and we learn from the bad. At least hopefully you learn from the bad because then you know what not to do in the future. And then ultimately, this is what shapes you when you get further down in your career and you become the head chef. You've got all these different experiences, all these different cuisines, all these different ingredients that you worked with that you can then create your own style from. It's not easy to do if you stay at the same place. I think you become a little bit stagnant as Mm -hmm. a chef if you remain in one place. I was also thinking, you know, for God's sake, never lose your sense of humor (laughs) because you're really going to need it. And like you said about, you know, there's good experiences and bad experiences. We learn from both. And just try and keep everything in perspective and... The bad experiences, try to look at them as just bumps in the road. Sure. Learning opportunity, bump in the road, I'll move on. That's exactly it. Should never get bogged down in bad things that happen or the 
those experiences that we wish to never experience again. Mm. But we have to learn from them. That's the key is learning from them. So that's, you know, what we'll give for, I would say, our, our younger listeners, but maybe some of the uh, more senior listeners that are out there and, you know, maybe same amount of time that we've had in this industry. Any advice that you'd give just, you know, from your experience on how maybe they can mentor the younger generation? I think, and I myself can be guilty of this, but again, it comes down to listening and don't discount someone simply because maybe they're 22 years old. I think that sometimes I do that and I have to stop myself because a 22-year-old perspective is really valuable because of their whole outlook. And I mean, they are the next generation and I want to hear what they have to say. I might not always, you know, agree with it. I might not Mm -hmm. always say, oh, well, of course, then that's exactly what I'll do. But I want to hear it because as we all know, you never know where the next great idea is going to come from. So I think keeping an open mind is critical, especially as I don't know how you feel, but every time I turn around, I'm surrounded by my coworkers and I want to say, excuse me, young lady, where's your hall pass? So (laughs) (laughs) I think the best thing I could say is just keep an open mind and listen to them. Sure. Now, you you said it just perfect there. Maybe they're 22 years old, they're 30 years old, and, you know, maybe they don't have the wisdom (laughs) that we have. Well, I'm not saying Um, that I have wisdom either. They just have a completely different perspective and a completely different skill set. Sure. To be honest. No. You do have wisdom, by the way, Janet. Um, <laughs> no, but there's, we don't know, right? As long as you have that open mind and you listen to them, because like you said, there's a, a different thought process going on there. And may, maybe they also have that diversity because of their background and where they grew up is different than where you've lived or where you've grown up. So there's so many different things that younger person can bring that if you think and listen to them, and it also helps them too, right? Because no one wants any of their ideas to just be shut out by the the head chef. He's never going to listen to me, right? Or she's never going to listen to me. I think that's some of the best advice that anybody can hear is that there's so much that everybody can offer. I mean, even a five-year-old child can offer up something if we were to just think and listen and open up our minds. That's great advice, Janet really is. Well, I'm I, I'm glad that this is being recorded because I'm going to throw this in your face the next time you give me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank um, you. No, no, thank you, actually. Before we go, I ask all my guests what their favorite cut of beef is and how do you like it prepared? And are you cooking this at home or is this somewhere you're, you're eating out getting this? Tell us what you love in the beef world. I think that's the easiest question you've asked this whole time. (laughs) My favorite cut is going to be a sirloin flap. Mm. And my preference is to have it grilled to medium. The way I normally do it is with kind of a coffee, chili, brown sugar rub. And then because it's somewhat lean, I like to serve it with a chimichurri. I love sirloin flap because 
it's just got that, you know, it's sirloin, so it's got that huge beefy flavor. You cook it to a nice medium, cut it against the grain, a little bit of heaven on a plate. Oh, yeah. I agree with you there. That whole sirloin complex area, you know, your tri-tip and top sirloin and, and the sirloin flap, it just offers up some great, great eating experience. And to me, it's some of the most versatile cuts you're going to find on the mm-hmm. animal. And that sirloin flap, I mean, again, cooking it the way you mentioned it, whether you're searing it, grilling it, even throwing it on a smoker with that rub on there, it Ooh. is fantastic. But one other way I really love that cut too, Janet, is braising it. And I don't think a lot of people braise that cut that often. But that it, didn't, Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. It gives such a great texture and the flavor is phenomenal. And like a brisket, it's got the longer, thicker mm-hmm. fibers there, but they stay together. So you still get that texture, right? And it's not terribly soft. You know, it's something to think for all those so, out there that get that product. Like a ropa vieja. Was that how yeah. you did it? Sure. Oh, yeah. They use a lot of flank for that, but they also use the sirloin flap. Um, but it could be anything. I mean, it could be for tacos, could be for a French braise, you know. It offers up a different eating experience than, say, a short rib would be or mm-hmm. your chuck. But really, really a wonderful product. Well, you've taught me something new today, Chef. <laughs> chef Janet, this has been so wonderful learning about the road you've taken and hearing all your stories. I hope listeners will benefit from your advice as they navigate their culinary careers. I truly appreciate your time and willingness to share. Well, thank you. It was great to be here. And, you know, any excuse to give you a hard time, Chef Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Janet. (laughs) Bye. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on In the Kitchen with Sterling Silver. On the next episode, we're going to be chatting again with our friend Chef Steven Junta about taking the step from good to great in the food industry. You definitely don't want to miss this one. Again, thanks for joining us. And until next time, happy eating. To get the next episode delivered to your inbox, subscribe on our website, sterlingsilvermeats.com. Just sign up for our e-newsletter at the top of the page. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. And be sure to follow us at Sterling Silver Premium Meats on Instagram. Until next time, we'll see you in the kitchen with Sterling Silver Premium Meats.